Um, I believe that there are some that um, if you're not careful, you will die bankrupt in the concept of legacy, leaving behind a very uninspiring life. Uh, and I, I, I beg you to think about, as we're approaching the end of the year, a lot of people kind of do an assessment on where their life is and where it's going and how they're doing. And I think this is a good time to say, like, what will people remember of me? Um, there's been several people, loved ones that I've had this last month that have died, some that are ill, and it causes me to think about how short life is. It is a vapor gone here today and gone tomorrow, like the scripture would say. And, and I, I know that, um, if Jesus, I, I believe Christ is coming back. And I, I, I really think with all the craziness that's going on in our world, that it's going to be in my life. But if it's not in my life, I want to make sure that I leave a, f a thumbprint in this world, not just on my children, but on the people that I've met. I pray that my life does inspire you to love Christ. I pray that my life does inspire you to do certain things. I don't know what, there are different kinds of legacies. I was thinking about uh, last month, I was watching a, an ESPN video of um, the big air. I don't know if you've ever seen this. This guy's Andy McDonald. He's a BMXer. And it talks about how he's, he's had like 40 concussions. And um, he's, he's had so many times he's had to do stitches that he has his own private surgeon. Um, he's actually learned how to do stitches to himself because he's tried to do so many stunts that it's gone wrong so many times that uh, it's, it's unreal how many bones he's broken in his body because he wants to push the envelope of what you can do with your body. And I just think it's funny, like, there, whether you realize it or not, you are leaving an impression. For some of you, it's your love for food. Uh, for some of you, it's your love for a sport. That's what they think about when they think about you. Um, and I, I don't know what it is you want people to see or how you want to be remembered. But when I look at people in scripture or, or great people of faith, those are what inspires me the most. You know, people that laid down their life and were burned at the stake for the cause of Christ or the gospel of Jesus. I want to live my life in such a way that it, it, it influences others. So today I'm talking about legacy. I'm going to go, if you would, in Genesis chapter, I believe, 11 is where we're going to start. And this is going to be a really um, unorthodox scenario. I'm talking about the father of legacy today. I don't know who that is to you, but I know who it was supposed to be. If you can, oh, um, this one, uh, as we start off, uh, this may not be entirely biblical, but it's what I think it is. And so we're going to open with it anyway. So um, Genesis chapter 11, it starts with, I believe, um, who is the father of Abraham. Check this out. Uh, one day, Terah uh, took his son Abram and his daughter-in-law Sarai, um, his son Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, and his son Haram's child, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. And he was headed for the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. And Terah lived for 205 years, and he died while still in Haran. Can we pray real quick? Hey, Jesus. Help. Amen. Oh man, this is a, this is, a, I really feel like this is a good one. I learned a lot in this study because I was assumptive about the life of Abraham. And um, so what is fascinating to me is I, I wanted to tell you guys about the, 
the blessing of Abraham. And for the sake of time, I'm not even going to be able to read all the scriptures that I wanted to read to you today. So I was going to go to Genesis 22 and read the great story of how God promised Abraham that he would give, that we would all become descendants of Abraham. Like he was the, he's the father mostly of our faith. Like we all came from Abraham, but uh, from Adam, but his, Abraham's faith is what changed the world. And God promised him that his descendants would be like the stars in the, in the, uh, 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 of the sky and the sand on the seashore. And he promised him all these great promises. And I thought it came from Genesis 22. But when I wanted to just look back and reread his life, oh man. So what's interesting about this is that what God promised Abraham, there was actually seven different times where God promised Abraham something significant. And I think it's funny that... Um, the very next chapter we're going to jump into that God's going to promise Abraham this land. And I think it's funny that the land that he promised him, his dad was heading to. But the scripture says right here in, in Genesis chapter 11 that he was heading for the land of Canaan, but they stopped in Hera and settled there. I don't think that they meant that he compromised there, but I wonder if God had spoken to him to go to Canaan, because that's where they were heading. But if you're not careful in your life right now, you can settle in your legacy. That's a good word. Because your legacy is something that's going to cost you something. Let me just tell you something right now. If it is financially given, you can spend that money yourself or you can give it to another generation. It's going to be, it's going to require a whole lot of intentionality. And so I wondered, why is Abraham the father of our faith? Really, the whole story is confusing to me. And this week, God opened my eyes to some really beautiful things uh, that just, I see Abraham differently today. Well, I'm going to show you a couple of the promises and the way Abraham responded. What will your legacy look like? This is going to be a good one. Cool. I'm going to start off in Genesis chapter 12, and it says this, I will make you into a great, no, I'm sorry, verse 1, chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country and your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others, and I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Okay, that's, that was God's first promise to Abram. Now, what's significant about this, I, I don't know if God's ever called you to forsake anything in your life, but there's three times in my life where God called me to uproot my lifestyle and move. And it was the first time that God promised Abraham, Abram something, that he says, if you leave your family right here, and you leave everything that's safe and everything that's comfortable and everything that you know, and you come and follow me, this would be the same thing that Jesus would say to Peter. Leave your nets and your boats and your family and come follow me. This is the call of the Lord. I want you to leave, and I'm going to give you a new place, and you'll be significant in that land. God's asked me to do this a few times in my life. And every time, it was terrifying and awesome. It's going to require a lot of discipline, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of, a, a lot of, a lot of 
trust, a lot of faith. But I can tell you, when God's asking you to leave everything you know, what happens is your heart falls in love with God again because all of a sudden you need him again. Your faith is alive. You're trusting in Jesus. Your prayers are going like, you, God's about to do something new in your life. We've met a few families in our church recently that just left where they were, trusting that God's going to take them somewhere new and get, brought them to the greatest church in the whole stinking planet. I mean, it's unbelievable how much God's already blessed their socks up. Well, this is how and every time that God speaks to Abram, I want you to watch this. Abram does something significant. So this is what Abram does in chapter 12, verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will um, give you this land. To Abram and said, I will give you this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. Abram built an altar. It's the first time he spoke to him. Let me take you to the next time. I'm going to go to, uh, Genesis chapter 13. And after Lot had gone and the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I am giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession i will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth they cannot be counted go and walk through the land in every direction i am giving it to you so abram moved his camp to hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging to mamre and there he built an altar to the lord did you hear this this is important one thing i want you to know is that god made a promise to abraham now twice and I think it's important for you to understand what I believe is that all prophecy, which what the Lord's doing is prophesying over Abram, is conditional. This is what I want to do in your life, and it will often have to do with how you respond next. Um, I believe when you, the Lord promises you a spouse, this is good, and he's designed it to be good. But it can go very bad. Does that make sense? It's, it depends on how you respond and how you treat things in your life. Are you with me? Yeah. Prophecy, I believe, is conditional. Now, there Abram built an altar for the Lord. This is the second time he did it. And I just wonder, one, has the Lord promised anything over your life? Last week we talked about it a little bit, you being able to hear God's voice for your life. It's important when you can hear God's promise because it activates faith. It activates belief. It gives you vision. It gives you clarity. It gives you a new true north. Like your direction is going in a lot of new ways, but when God speaks to your life, now you know where you're going. Now you know what your life's about. Now you know what you want. Can you identify a promise that God wants to make in your life? And the second thing is if you built an altar... What does that look like? We did, like, we spent a couple months in our, in our church just making sure that we built an altar in our church. We want to make sure that this is a place where God moves. It's not just a place where we sing and talk about the Lord, but we want God's living, powerful spirit to be moving in our lives here in our church, right? What does it look like for you to build an altar? Do you have an altar? Do you have a place in your life where you meet with God? If you don't, that's your next assignment. Find a place where you meet with God. That's where he'll speak. 
that's where he'll give you new clarity, new direction, connect with God. Is this good? Yeah. I'm going to keep going the third time. And here's where it gets, starts getting difficult. Why would God choose Abram to have the greatest legacy on the planet? Why not me, Lord? So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 14. And uh, what we find here is, uh, oh, this is super awesome. In the last chapter that I just read to you, he gave Lot the option of picking what side of the land he wanted. And Abram's like, I'll take the other one. That's not the way we do business. If you get the pick, you're like, you know what? I'm going to pick the best and you can have the leftovers. And he gave Lot the opportunity, knowing the blessing of God that was on his life, I'll make whatever I get work. Sometimes we feel like we missed it because we got the short end of the stick. And that's not the way God's blessing works. He can always make beauty out of ashes. Always. This is who the Lord is. Cool. So Lot picked the best part of the land and gave Abram the worst. Lot ended up going to war and they got conquered and they got kidnapped. And Abram, who has courage, who acts like the Lord, does this. Uh, oh, there you go. All right. It's one of those days I told you. Here we go. Uh, Genesis 4. I've never done that. That's the first time I've almost fallen in like 10 years on a stool. Okay. Uh, verse 14. When Abram heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized 318 trained men who had been born in his household. And he pursued this army until he caught up with them at Dan. There he divided his men and attacked during the night. The army fled, and Abram chased them as far as Hoab, north of Damascus. And Abram recovered all the goods that had been taken, and he brought back his nephew Lot and his possessions and all the women and the other captives. Then, in verse 18, what happens is he gets all the spoils and brings all the people back home. Abram was blessed by God and has a great legacy because he went to war for others who couldn't do it for themselves. He sat, risked everything he had to go get what he knew was right. And I think that there is such, there's something to be said about having courage, having boldness. So he went after this and he got all these spoils. And then what happens is something that's awesome. This is where we see the first tithe in the Bible. He finds this king comes to him to reward him. It's king and priest who is a type of Jesus. His name was Melchizedek. And in this chapter, Melchizedek, um, a priest of God, the Most High, brought Abram some wine and some bread. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. He said, blessed be Abram by God Most High, the creator of heaven and earth, and be blessed by God Most High, who has defeated your enemies for you. And then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods that he recovered. So he rescued Lot and gave Lot back all his possessions. And then all the stuff, all the spoils that were his, he gave from. I just want you to know, I want to live a legacy. And what that looks like is I want to make sure that people around me know that I'm generous. That I give and I will give and I will give and I will give. But we live in a culture right now that's going to fight against that. Especially during Christmas. It's the giving time of the year. And something inside of you is going to freak out about prices and things you got to buy and things you got to do. Please be a people that love to give. Because this is one of the things that marked Abram's life. And it made him easy to bless. I love what Dave Ramsey always says. Like, we are people that live with our hands wide open. 
Because when you hold on to things, I can't put anything in that hand. But when your hands are open and you can be generous people, it makes it easy for God to put more in your hand. I see this in Abram. And maybe that's why he became the father of many nations. He became the father of, does this make sense to you? I wonder what does it take to be blessed in such a way that when you are no more, how you will be remembered? Because I think we all want that significant scenario in our life that I want to know that my life meant something and I made a difference. I have to keep going and I have to go faster. The next one is super important because here then, Abram's gonna have a conversation with God that's gonna get interesting. God's going to promise Abram a child. And Abram's going to get frustrated and he's going to say, but I don't know how this is possible. I'm like uh, really old. I'm over 90 at this point. I, I think he becomes, he's 100 years old when he has his first kid. And God says, I'm going to give you a child. And the scripture says that Abram believed the Lord and it was a credit to him as righteousness. One of the greatest warfares that I have found in my life is learning how to wait on the Lord and trust him. It will play games on you and mess with your head. When you're trusting that God is gonna do something significant in your life, it becomes a warfare in your mind. And why Abram was considered to be righteous is because he trusted. But look at how old I am. Like, God, can you still do this miracle? I love that the, the author and finisher of our, ta- our faith, the, the, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, is not worried about your time schedule. He's going to work this thing out when it's good for you and when it's good for him. And he trusts the Lord. And then what we find here in this passage is he sacrificed again. He built an altar. He built an altar. He tithed. And here's another encounter with God. And what he does in this is he said, Abram says, God says, um, I'm going to do this. And Abram says, well, prove it. And he says, all right, well, this is going to be a sign, but here's what I want you to do. Before I, I, I give you this sign, I want you to do one thing for me. I want you to be circumcised and all of your family and everyone who follows me. Time out. This. Abram is not four days old, okay? He's a grown man, and this is complicated. And I just want you to know, there are times in my life as a leader where God tells me to do something that will become uncomfortable for all of you. These are called growing pains. Because where you are is not where God wants you to be. In January, we're about to do a 21-day fast together, and I'm daring you to do it. It's going to be massively uncomfortable for you, but the reward is awesome. And so, He tells all of his sons and all of his servants, it's time for you to get circumcised. I just want you to know that there are times in your life where if you're going to live a legacy, it's going to be uncomfortable for you to lead. And you're going to put requirements on people that may be harder for them to live in that moment. But if they respond, it will be good for them. This is good for someone to hear. I would not want to be a son of Abram if I was 40 years old in that situation, being circumcised for the first time. But it meant that they would be known as sons of God. Now, you don't need to be circumcised to be a believer. The Lord circumcises your heart. And so what he's always gonna do is cut away things that you love. So during Christmas, what he does is we, whether we realize it or not, we love money. 
And so that's always going to be the things he's going after. To be the Lord of your life, he's always going to ask you to give up the things that you love. Hmm. Okay, it's good for you. I promise, I promise, I promise. So there's the circumcision in Genesis 15, 8 through 10. And then um, uh, I have, for the sake of time, I'm going to just skip to the best chapter. And this is Genesis chapter 22. And so I didn't know that God had made all these promises to Abram. And I didn't realize that Abram was marked by a man of sacrifice, of generous, of obedience, of faith, of boldness. Like he, when God told him to move, he moved. When God told him to give, he gave. When God told him to worship, he worshiped. Like Abram was marked as someone that obeyed the Lord. Now, the Lord gave me this. I've never heard this before, but I thought this was ironic. There are people that are close to you that will know who you really are. And there are people that are close to me that know who I really am. This week, I got to go on a trip with my son, Micah. And this whole time, I'm studying uh, for like weeks the book of Genesis and the life of Abram. And I knew that something significant was going to come of this trip with him as Abram would be told by God, I want you to take your only son, He's 100 years old when he, God fulfills the promise. If you've ever wanted something that you fought years for, generally you protect it. It's like we love, we love our finances, and so we put it in a bank where it's most safe, right? And so um, we protect our children. Abram didn't, Abraham, I'm sorry, didn't protect himself from God and what God wanted to do in his life. God gave him a son named Isaac. And one day the Lord said, I want you to sacrifice your son for me. Now this story was always really complicated until this week. And I'm going to show you something. Hopefully it's good for you as it has been for me. I think the reason why legacy is important is because the people that look at you, they know who you really are. They know what you really love. They know what you were really willing to sacrifice for what you love. We have a saying in our church, we give up things we love for things we love more. And so I want my kids to know that I'll always give up my TV because I want to spend time with them. I wanna, I'm always willing to give up things, uh, my own personal time to spend time with them. I want people that I know that, I, that I'm willing to sacrifice what I love to, to be with them. Well, in this story, no one saw Abram's love for God more than Isaac. Check this out. Ah, I hope I say this well. Lord, help. Amen. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here am I. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah and go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next day he got up early, he saddled his donkey, he took his servants with him along with Isaac, and then they chopped wood on a fire of a burnt offering. Um, on the third day, verse four, of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told his servants. The boy and I will travel a little further, and we will worship there, and then we'll come right back. One, if you want to impact people, share with them the things that you love most. 
If you want to be known as a great fisherman, then go fishing with people you love. If you want to be known as a great musician, then do music with people that you love. If you want to be known as someone who loves and worships the Lord, then worship Jesus with people you love. Let them see the rhythm of your heart and the things that you enjoy. When I remember when I was 12 years old, someone, there was a new song out. I wanted everyone to hear that new song. I want everyone to experience Jesus. And no one knew Abram's love for God like Isaac. So Isaac got the duty of carrying the wood up the hill because Abram's 100 years old, Jack. He ain't carrying nothing. Let me just tell you right now. And so, um, and so we'll go and worship there. And uh, verse 6, Abram uh, placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulder while he himself carried fire and a knife. And two of them walked together as Isaac turned to Abram and said, Father, yes, my son, we have the fire and we have the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? And God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Uh, and they walked on together. As the, the story would continue, I'm going to sum this up. Some of you already know it. Some of you don't. He would, he would tie his son and place him on this altar. And he would get his knife out and raise it up. And just as about, he's about to thrust it into his son, an angel of the Lord appears to Isaac and says, Stop. We're gonna, we've provided a ram for your sacrifice. And just near him, out of thin air, comes a ram. There was a situation in my life that happened just like that this week with me and Micah, and it was pretty awesome. I'll tell you about it later, another time. Uh, but, um, and so here's what you need to know. I think it's so awesome when people in your life see you sacrifice, when they see you fight for your faith in God, when they know that you're tired, but we go to church on Sunday. Because this is important. Because this is something that we love. This is something we value. And when I'm looking at all these things that Abram's doing, it's because it's first really in the Lord. The Lord sacrifices. The Lord is generous. The Lord is faithful. The Lord fights for us. The Lord does all these things. And so it was easy for the Lord to mark Abram as them that would have the greatest honor of being a fantastic, a huge legacy. What will you be known for? Isaac looked up at his dad and saw a love for God. I hope that people in my life look up and see a love for God in me. Do people in your life know what you sacrifice so that they'll love God? How many people in your life have you given to, helped, served, showed up for, been there in the latest, in the latest hour? What legacy are you leaving behind because a legacy isn't going to come on accident. Let me just say this. Two things. So Abram was going to sacrifice his son. And what I love about this is the Lord looked at Abram and said, that man is just like my, he has my heart. How I know this is, the scripture says in Revelations chapter 13. Well, can you put this up? Those are the ones who were not written in the book of life, that belonged to the Lamb, who was slaughtered before the world was made. Jesus 
was crucified before the world began. Says Revelations chapter 13, verse 8. Before the world was even made, the Lord knew that he was going to sacrifice his son. What I love about that is he asked Abram to do what was in his heart and trusted him when he was willing to do it. And I think that was the beauty of Abram's obedience. Was when he said it's time to move, Abram moved. And when he said it's time to give, Abram gave. And when he said it's time to give more and worship and sacrifice, he did these things. And when he said, hey, I want your son, the Lord knew the cost. He had already given it. And I think that's why Abraham became the father of many nations because the Lord saw in him something he was willing to give. I'm telling you, there are people in your life, it may be your children, it may be your spouse, it may be your parents, that you're going to have to give to the Lord. It's not going to be on an altar with a, with, a, with a sword or a knife or anything like that. But it will be spiritually. Or you're going to have to let go of something that you have control of and trust that the Lord's plan is better than yours. And I think that's what legacy is all about, is when we let go of what is good for us so that others can have. I end with this. Rachel, would you come? What I thought was really neat about all of this is when we look back on Abram's father, Terah. I, the scripture doesn't say anything about God's relationship with Terah. But we knew that he was heading to the same place that God wanted Abraham to have. And I almost wonder if the same calling was on Terah's life that it was on Abram's. There's a story about uh, one of the greatest men of God that are, are the universe has ever seen. His name is Reinhard Bunke. Uh, he's, he's, he's like one of the biggest evangelists that's ever lived. He's literally done crusades where, where more than a million people in one time gave their life to Christ. Like six million people showing up at a crusade. We've never seen anything like this on earth. He, he, he was in Africa. He died just a couple years ago. And Reinhard Bunke was asked, he said that one time he was in prayer and he's talking to the Lord and, and the Lord said, uh, he asked the Lord, why would you pick me? And the Lord spoke to him and said, I didn't. The others didn't answer. And I just think about that in the church. What if Tara was called to be the father? You know the song, Father Abraham had many sons. What if it was supposed to be Father Tara had many sons and many sons had Father Tara? It's not as cool of a song. We probably have to change the song a little bit, right? But we could probably do it. But he didn't answer and he didn't sacrifice and he wasn't willing to obey. And he wasn't willing to do the things that the Lord valued. What I do know is that you want to live a legacy. So do I. And it's going to take disciplined moments with your kids. It's going to take disciplined moments with your friends. We're all busy. But if we don't slow down to worship, what are we doing? And I don't just mean on Sundays. Like I beg you to have friends over your house where you'll meet dinner and you'll, break, you'll open the word of God and you'll pray together and throw a song on or do something. But let's, let's bring Jesus into our life and show people what we really love and what we love about the Lord. I see that in Abram. And I think that's why he has the greatest name in the Old Testament. And through him comes Jesus.
I pray for your legacy right now. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes for a sober moment? I believe that the Lord has spoken promises over you. I believe the Lord wants to do great things in you. And it doesn't matter where you came from or what the ugly situation was like in your life and what went wrong. What matters is that you decide to respond to the Lord today with all of your heart and all of your life. My prayer is that you would let the Lord live through you, that you would surrender your life to Christ and trust him to make beauty out of ashes. Every head bowed and every eye closed today, you're here today and you'd say, you know what? I'm, I'm not living for Jesus. I'm not praying. I'm not worshiping. I'm not obeying. I'm not sacrificing. My life doesn't look like Abram's. Today, you want to change that. You want to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide today that I will serve the Lord. With every head bowed, if that's you, God's calling you into great things. I want to live a legacy for Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, would you raise your hand right now? God bless you. That's awesome. Man, God bless you. I see your hand. Man, that's awesome. I love it. Anyone else? God bless you. Jesus. God, I believe you have a plan you want to do great things through us. I believe that you love us. Lord, would you cleanse us? Wash us of our sin and of our selfishness. Wash us in your blood. Would you make us new? Would you teach me to love you and seek you and serve you and follow you with all of my heart? you let your Holy Spirit grow in me.